We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place exclusive interviews with players coaches and team executives streaming live and always available on demand stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the odyssey app congresswoman claudia tenney joins us congresswoman good morning good morning great to be on now congresswoman on friday you announced a bill that would ban non-citizens from voting tell us about this bill Yeah, first of all, we have a U.S. Constitution, which specifically states in the 26th Amendment, the right of citizens to vote shall not be abridged. And there's some, you know, qualifications. You have to be 18. Uh, But we have emphatic parts of our law that say that citizens have the exclusive right to vote. Also, Article 2, Section 1 of the New York State election law says every citizen shall be entitled to vote at every election. So, We have these in the law, but apparently a lot of the Democrats don't want to look at the law and we have to resort to either doing emphatic laws like uh, doing a constitutional amendment to make sure that only citizens can vote in elections, which is what I put forth, uh, or we have to sue and spend millions and millions of dollars in court to preserve the right of citizens. And this is so basic to what we stand for as a country. We are about self-governance. Our constitutions uh, foundational rights are, are self-governance, human rights, and the ability to, to be self-determining, not having non-citizens invade our country, our sovereignty, and be able to vote and manipulate our elections. And that's what's happening. And the Democrats in, in various parts of the nation are putting forth laws that give non-citizens the right to vote in our elections. And that's just the opposite of what self-governance really means. Is this getting, or in your opinion, going to get uh, pushback in Congress? Well, so far, we haven't received any pushback. Uh, we have to get this through the Senate, obviously. It's going to be tough for someone like Chuck Schumer to say that uh, citizens uh, are not, don't have the exclusive right to vote. I don't know if they'll touch it. Uh, but the fact that you won't t- look at it or, 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 or get this to the floor in the Senate, uh, you know, raises questions uh, with a lot of senators who are up for election. And the Democrats are very vulnerable in 2024 with so many seats up. And, and a real opportunity for the Republicans to retake the majority. And certainly Joe Biden is showing some uh, dents in his armor by recently saying that he would not veto a bill that would crack down on some of the laws passed in the District of Columbia, you know, minimizing our rights and, and empowering criminals when it comes to bail reform and other other laws uh, that were passed by the, the mayor of, of Washington, D.C., the, the District of Columbia, Muriel Bowser. So, you know, maybe these people will finally recognize that the citizens do have rights. But this bill is really just clarifying and making sure that everyone understands that in a self-governing constitutional republic, it's up to the citizens to decide who's going to represent us, not interveners from other parts of the world. 
Now, there are um, parts of the country, as you mentioned, New York City, uh, Vermont, San Francisco, that currently, do they allow or they have legislation in the works to allow non-citizens to vote? Well, in the case of New York City, they've actually passed laws that allow non-citizens to vote, but they're in litigation. And I believe once that gets to the highest court, it's going to be overturned because of New York law, the New York Constitution and our federal constitution. But again, as I said in the uh, in the beginning of this segment, we have had to sue and spend millions of dollars just to uphold the laws that exist in our country. And so I think they're going to prevail. I think citizens I mean, the whole concept of having a contract, which the Constitution is. Uh, with citizens, you know, to allow others to be able to determine what our rights are and what our laws stand for is really outside of what our government system is really about. So the erosion of our government system really is the erosion of self-governance, the erosion of self-determination and the erosion of our constitutional principles. How did this become such a left versus right thing? You know, I look at it the same as voter IDs. I had to take an ID out yesterday to buy NyQuil. You know, I mean, how did this become such a Republican versus Democrat thing to have, you know, secure ballots, to have a secure vote and to make sure that you can actually you are who you say you are when you go into the ballot box? I just I I, I don't know when that when what time that became such a left versus right thing. Right. And it is not. This is a nonpartisan issue. Both sides should be very much in favor of it. But let's let's be honest about what's happening in our country there is a certain amount of subversion coming from communist type forces. And it's the only way I can describe it. I lived in a communist country. I lived in the former Yugoslavia before the war and I saw communism in action. And it's kind of hard to define unless you've been there or you're an immigrant coming to the United States, uh, particularly if you're from Venezuela or other places or Cuba, where you've seen, you know, the oppression of communism and the use of propaganda and manipulation and people believing somehow that uh, that this should be a partisan issue, which it's not. And by the way, when you talk about IDs for voting, almost 90 percent, it, it's it was it's gradually worked up almost 90 percent of people polled across all sectors in virtually every poll support a photo ID or some type of identification to prove you are who you say you are in order to vote in our elections, which goes back to why non-citizen voting should be a common sense issue. They should not be allowed to vote. This is a, a right reserved to citizens. Remember, citizens have certain responsibilities and the right you get is the right to vote. And and, and I, like look at the example in, for example, Puerto Rico. The people in Puerto Rico would give up all kinds of money and everything that they receive from the federal government as a commonwealth or as a commonwealth of, of the United States to become a state. That's how important the right to vote is viewed and and how important self-governance is. And I'll give you this example. If only American citizens viewed their right to vote as sacred as it should be, because self-governance is so critical to this. Can you imagine if you won the mega millions? Just think about this. You won the mega millions. And the state or whoever put out the mega millions didn't require voter ID for you to come and claim your ticket so you could forge a document and go in and claim it. Or worse yet, you could put your mega millions ticket in a drop box and wait and see if somebody answered it. That's how important our right to vote should be and why voter ID, securing ballots, making sure that citizens vote is so important to the really fabric of our constitution. So what you say is these outside groups are manipulating people into believing that somehow uh, voter ID, somehow non-citizens voting is okay because it's the divide and conquer strategy of leftists 
of people who are, you know, influenced by the Communist Party, which a lot of New York City based uh, legislators are. And that's why they voted the way they did. Now, I want to get to the border, but I got to ask you this. And I know this sounds out there, but this is something that came up. I, I did this as a topic a few months ago, and this came up. Uh, you know, you have these municipalities, as you said, you know, have to go. Uh, lawsuits have to be brought against them. You have these municipalities that are passing these. Hey, anyone can vote. You walk into our city, go grab a ballot. Do you think it would ever get to the point where federal elections would be separate from local elections? I don't think so, because our Constitution of the United States, our U.S. Constitution, requires that the states administer elections. My concern is that the states can do it well as long as the states get the proper resources and, the, and all of the, that, that power is given to the states so they can actually manage elections. So much of it gets uh, decentralized and, you know, drop boxes are put out. Uh, universities can now register voters without real verification. Uh, federal agencies like HUD or the SBA can now register voters or are incentivized to do that. It really needs to be something that's confined to a well-trained, well-organized board of elections that administers it through the counties. Um, that each state's a little different. They should be bipartisan, and they should make sure that you know these rights are protected and exclusive to people who are trained to make sure they secure the, the right to vote, they secure the, the list that we see, you know, to make sure that people don't vote twice, to make sure that uh, non-citizens aren't voting, to make sure that we have people who are, have been deceased or removed from the rolls or people who no longer live in the jurisdiction are removed from the rolls. And those are all properly within the province of the state and the county governments, and they should be held accountable. And that's something we're trying to do with our Election Integrity Caucus, which I founded in Congress. And it's really just about making sure, you know, that every legal citizen votes in every election. That would be a perfect constitutional republic. Obviously, we probably will never get there. But more people need to understand how sacred their right to vote is and that it does matter. And the reason I started the caucus is when I was running in 2020 for Congress, I only won by 109 votes. And I was the last member seated because I spent 100 days in court uh, in trying to determine and count ballots. And even in my race, we were registering voters in January of 2021, and those votes were counted in, in, for the election of November 2020, really not pursuant to New York law or pursuant to federal law, which is why I started the Election Integrity Caucus, to ensure that we have fairness and that we have free elections and that we have a secure election because people don't want to go to and think that their vote is not secure. And that's what to take you right back to your voter ID. People care about voter ID and the fact that their vote counts. And these are not these should be nonpartisan issues. Oh, and by the way, there are Democrats who support these issues who come from cities like New York, where it's virtually down to the primary because there's very few Republicans. And they actually care about secure elections in New York City when it comes to the primary. So I think this is a way that we can lead uh, to a bipartisan solution on this. Now, uh, we hear so much about the southern border, right? Uh, almost every day there's a story on the southern border. But you met with uh, patrol officers on the northern border. What's the situation there? Yeah, this is a really interesting issue. I spent all day Friday uh, meeting with various agents up and down what's called the Buffalo sector. I started in uh, Grand Island and went up through Rochester, and, and agents met me all along that uh, the Buffalo and, and uh, parts of the Swanton sector, which is way up in the northern end of New York about the problems that are occurring at the southern at the northern border. We have seen in this last year an increase of over 850 percent 
of crossings on the northern border because we've squeezed uh, our our border agents and sent them to the southern border. And now we have a gap and an opening and less agents able to control our, our northern border. And they're literally just walking across or coming through. So now the cartels are actually controlling our northern border as well. They're outsmarting the Biden administration, not too hard to do. But what they're doing is they're flying people in, illegals who are getting IDs that are you know fraudulent in Mexico, created by the cartels. They're boarding commercial airlines, putting a fentanyl in suitcases that are checked baggage. They've got a way to disguise them really cleverly. They put them on a plane, send them to, to Canada, and they get to Canada. They, there's no visa requirement. It was removed by Trudeau. So these people, you know, the, 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 the uh, president of, of Canada, they, they can just walk off a plane, get an Uber, go to the border, and the cartels get them across the border, and they're in, the, in our country. We have no way of stopping them. They are not checked to see if they have tuberculosis, whooping cough, mumps, measles, COVID, nothing. They just walk across our border, uh, aided and abetted by the cartels, who are literally making billions of dollars on human trafficking, human smuggling, drug smuggling, and all kinds of fentanyl and you know exotic drugs like ecstasy and others are coming across our border, and they're literally walking across, and there's almost nothing our border agents can do because we don't have the resources and there's also a lot of confusion in the New York border, especially in the Swanton sector, which is where we're seeing this huge surge because of the Aquasasne Mohawk Reservation and the fact that it's actually a state reservation controlled by none other than Kathy Hochul and the New York legislature and the state troopers who are really not doing anything about this from what we know. And remember something, these people have incentives to come here. Kathy Hochul just put a billion dollars in increased aid. She's going to raise taxes on New York citizens who already pay the highest taxes in the nation in order to put a billion dollars into caring for and providing shelter, food, transportation, licenses to illegal immigrants who are going to continue to pour across the border. And this is only going to make even more of them come and it's going to enrich the cartels even more. It's really a tragedy and a real naive view by the Biden administration, you know, aided and abetted by Kathy Hochul and the New York government. These people can go anywhere in the country. And as one of the border agents has said to me, every state is now a border state because of these policies. You can walk through the New York, uh, New York border and go anywhere you want in the country. You can carry any disease. You can have drugs. You can be, have a criminal record. And there's nothing we can do because we issue licenses to people without determining their identity or requiring citizenship or at least permanent residence status or legality in the state of New York, which, which harms the rest of the nation, not, just, not to mention New Yorkers. You know, you mentioned fentanyl, right? And we've, we've heard that so much at the southern border as well. And the way it's disguised in, I saw a special, I think it was on Fox News, uh, about how, you know, fentanyl is uh, being brought in what, in what looks to be avocados. And then they cut them open and, oh, there's fentanyl in there. What is being done in D.C. to tackle what has already become a huge fentanyl issue in uh, the United States of America? Well, first of all, we have a new Republican majority and Congressman Mark Green, who's a former uh, West Point graduate and Army Ranger, uh, who's also a physician, by the way, uh, is actually running the Homeland Security Committee. And they're already started doing uh, hearings at the border. And they're also trying to change the laws and enforce the border, enforce the laws that we have in place. Remember, Title 42, which is a uh, public health statute, uh, is, is, is going to be uh, – uh, expire. And the Biden administration is pushing for it to expire. And when I tell you that this is a serious issue, it's not just 
um, about keeping illegal immigrants out of the country. It's about keeping people who are coming across the border from 160 countries. This isn't some, you know, uh, Mexico, uh, you know, northern triangle that the, you know, Kamala Harris is trying to, to tell us. This is about 160 countries recognizing that the United States is open and they can come in from anywhere they want. They just use the cartels at the border, now the northern or southern border, to come in. And this is how they're going to get in. And for, Title 42 is going to expire. And that's our way of sending people back. And, I've, and, and there are people that come across this border, as I said, eradicated diseases like tuberculosis, dangerous to American citizens, whooping cough, mumps, measles, COVID-19, diseases, guns, fentanyl. These things are coming across our border and we have no way to stop them or to identify them. And the agents simply have to let these people go because they are overwhelmed. They don't have places for these people to stay or be detained. And they're being encouraged to come across. And look, not everybody's an asylum seeker, although there are some, uh, but we're putting all this onus on our border agents who are, by the way, border security. They're not immigration experts, but they're being forced into changing diapers and doing things at the border that they should, where they should be protecting our sovereignty. And the bad guys are getting in and the bad guys are taking advantage uh, while they're moving through. You know, some of these people are innocent coming across because they're being trafficked. So it's a real humanitarian problem that the naive border policies of Joe Biden and refusal to enforce our law, refusal to finish the wall, um, refusal to recognize the problems at the northern border as well, is really becoming a, a it's a catastrophic problem. And when you see our border problems, you know, increased by 850 percent in the northern border and they're at almost five million in the southern border. Just think of the people coming across who are who could be very dangerous who could create something much worse than a 9-11 happening. And you're seeing crime committed all across the country. And so there are a lot of bad people coming across the border, and our agents are distracted uh, with trying to deal with the massive human trafficking. So there's a lot here. Uh, we've got to start enforcing it. And I, I'm really confident that Mark Green, uh, the new chair of Homeland Security, will continue to work on, on solutions and trying to make sure that we stop this mass migration. Uh, you mentioned uh, in there COVID-19, and I got a lot of calls this week of people, you know, wanting to know about the mandates that are still in place. Believe it or not, in 2023, there are still COVID-19 vaccine mandates in place. You introduced a bill preventing colleges from continuing to impose COVID-19. Uh, what about people who worked for the state, who worked for the federal government, who were uh, or worked for med uh, medical, who were fired for not getting uh, a COVID vaccine? Any works in... Uh, at the federal level on that? Yeah, first of all, they all should get their jobs back with back pay, and I'm on bills already to do that, including the military, anyone who was considered a nurse, essential worker, people who work for the state, people who provided uh, you know, emergency assistance, whether they work for the power authority, the power lines, different companies that were, were, were forced to resign from their jobs or leave their jobs without pay because they didn't get this experimental vaccination. Look, I'm all, if you want to get the vaccination, uh, you know, I, and you think it's something your doctor, it's safe for you to do, but it's, this is over. The mandate should be over. Uh, we're denying people, especially young people who are the healthiest in our communities, typically, you know, who are going to college, they're being denied. Not only were those people denied a job, now the students are being denied a chance at education because of the vaccine. And many of these people had COVID-19, uh, they recovered. Now it's no longer, uh, you know, taboo to to uh, to talk about the truth, which is the the 
natural immunities are stronger than the vaccine and make you healthier. You're, you're able to fight this off, just like most other diseases. So, you know, this it's time to end the mythology. These people have been exposed. The lies from Dr. Fauci and uh, the lies from the administration, the cover-up, uh, the uh, canceling of people, uh, the cutting off of, 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 of legitimate opinions on social media, you know, for challenging the orthodoxy of the administration and Dr. Fauci and the even the New York administration is over. People need vaccination freedom. They need to be able to go to go to do their jobs, go to college uh, to do what they have to do to make that decision with their doctor about their health. And it's over. I mean, even the absurdity of the, the New York continues to not allow the, one of the healthiest probably people on the planet uh, one of the greatest t- tennis players ever, Novak Djokovic, who just won uh, the Australian Open, who has had COVID, has natural immunity, is still being denied access to the United States to compete in tennis matches because he did not have a vaccine. I mean, but this is happening to people all across our country. And this is the absurdity of the orthodoxy of the of the people running our country. They've lied about so many things. You remember, this was a, you know, a, a leak from a wet market, not a lab. We know that this vaccine was created in a lab. It was lethal. It was spread by China. China has to be held accountable. I actually started saying this in uh, in uh, early 2020 when I wasn't even in Congress, and uh, and and I was condemned for this and, and ridiculed and called a racist for saying the Chinese unleashed a, a deadly virus. Uh, whether they did it on purpose or not, they allowed it to spread. It went to Italy through Chinese nationals all the way across our country. I wrote articles about it, and I was attacked by the left. All this is coming, uh, turning out to be true, and it's time for us to question the government and to be able to question the government freely. That's what this country was founded on, and we have got a real scary communist type of authoritarian uh, regime that's coming in place. The left is really starting to resemble what I saw in communist Yugoslavia, and you disagreed with the government. You ended up in a barren island in the middle of the Adriatic Sea for the rest of your life, and in some cases, you were executed. So these are scary times we're in in this country. It's time for people to take our self-governance back, to take our freedom back, and to really stand up for what our country was founded on, and that's freedom. Final question. Uh, The situation in Ohio with the train derailment uh, a little over a month ago, what are your thoughts on the way that was handled by the administration? Well, obviously, it was a huge disappointment that uh, the Transportation Secretary Pete Buttigieg uh, really failed to react uh, in helping these people. Uh, it, it's a tragedy; it shouldn't happen. Uh, but uh, one of the, it's, you know, it's it's the nature of what's going on in our in our society. You know, we are we are uh, not allowing innovation, technology. We're we're uh, putting everyone in this sort of artificial world of of uh, not having access to safer and better energy uh, for our communities. Uh, these, this train, uh, the, the infrastructure problems that, are, that we're facing. We've got a guy who runs the transportation department in the United States who, whose only qualifications are that he rode on a train once, uh, really doesn't understand the inner workings of it. He was a failed mayor of South Bend, Indiana, who had a lot of charm and was able to uh, have a cult of personality to ri- make him rise to where he is today. Uh, you notice his response was much quicker on the most more recent uh, train derailment in Springfield, Ohio. Uh, so, uh, look, these people are incompetent. They're being uh, hired because they check a box, not because they have competencies. And you're going to see uh, continued failure on a lot of infrastructure and a lot of emergency type issues in the United States until we start going back to a merit-based system where people who are truly qualified get quali- get hired for the jobs that they 
that they need to perform to protect us. This is my real last question, and I would be fired if I didn't ask this question, but we are starting to see the field uh, form for the 2024 presidential election. Are you ready to throw your support behind anyone at this time? You know, I usually don't endorse anyone. It's been kind of my thing since I started in politics uh, 11 years ago. Uh, so I try to wait and see uh, what uh, what develops. I think it's a little early to jump on uh, jump on the bandwagon. I uh, endorsed President Trump in 2016. Uh, kind of, I think it was April, actually. So uh, that was uh, kind of late in the game uh, when I saw that he was really talking about things that were resonating with our communities. But I think I want to wait and see who gets in. Uh, I think we have a great potential field. Uh, you, you know, President Trump just won the straw poll at CPAC, but you've got you know, Nikki Haley, Ron DeSantis, Mike Pompeo, you know, you have some others that are, are looking to get into this uh, into this race. And I think it, it'll be interesting to see what develops over the next several months and uh, what they offer, because this is a new game. This is politics changes in, on a dime. And this is not 2016. It's not 2020. We are facing uh, real crises in this country uh, when it comes to energy, when it comes to our economy. The inflation is a disaster. It's really hurting Americans, particularly New Yorkers. Uh, we have a really terrible government in Albany with a governor that has no power because uh, we have a veto-proof majority in the state legislature. Uh, I, I just I see uh, problems with elections that need to be resolved. There's a lot of issues. I want to see all of the candidates talk about how they're going to fix them and how they're going to provide solutions to us and, and who can win. And, and I think there's a lot of time for discussion. I'd like to see the argument, and I don't like to jump out and endorse people normally. Uh, but I think I'm going to my, hold my keep my powder dry and see uh, who else jumps in the race and see what happens in the future. Congresswoman Claudia Tenney, thank you so much for joining us this morning. Thanks so much. I appreciate the time, and uh, thank you to your listeners. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile, get four iPhone 15s on us, and four lines for twenty five bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did.